0: Welcome to the show. I'm very happy that I get to do this today because it's been a rough day up until just about now. And I'll tell you why it's been a rough day. I had one of those days where it feels like everything's falling apart, where you feel as though you're on the edge, where it feels as though no one is connecting with you on a personal level, on a professional level, and then... Miraculously, you decide to drink your first glass of water of the day. And it turns out that is actually what you needed. It turns out you didn't actually need uh, to revamp your life. It turns out you didn't actually need to, uh, to move to the mountains. You didn't actually need to... Uh, become a master of a martial art, a obscure martial art that has n- really never been practiced by anyone other than the guy in the strip mall that you just talked to. What you actually needed was a glass of water. And I'm happy to say the glass of water is almost finished, which means I'm, I'm blasting off at just about every possible cylinder one could blast off at. It's very exciting stuff. Very interesting stuff, okay? So we're going to get into some questions. Today I actually decided that I want to try, and I know this sounds a little crazy, to start our day off with a news article, okay? So I'm going to put that up right now. And if you don't like it, just remember, I don't get paid to do this show, and you can't fight me through the internet. And this is a really sad piece of news in my personal life because, as you all know, I own a a fleet. is It's the only way of saying it. I own a fleet of Tesla. What is the What is the plural of Tesla? Is it Teslas? Is it Tesla? Is it, uh, is it is it uh, tes- Teslians? I don't know. Tesla has to recall nearly 363,000 vehicles equipped with full self-driving. This is incredibly troubling to me. I have a fleet of these, and now I have to bring them back to the weird spaceship store that I bought them from. I mean, are we jumping the gun? What, you know... Sure, listen, a few of the self-driving cars are gonna crash, right? A few, this is is me, I was trying to be facetious, but I ended up doing jazz hands. A few of these self-driving cars, you know, didn't do great, right? But my question is... Do we need to hold them to such high standards? Now, we need to hold these self-driving cars to very high standards. But I feel like maybe we're letting perfectionism get in the way of a cool little thing. The self-driving cars, maybe they don't need to drive as good as a robot. Maybe they just have to drive as good as as your least responsible uncle. And by those numbers are the Teslas doing okay. If we compare the Tesla numbers the uh, whatever you would call them, let's call them fatality numbers because that is what they are, to your worst uncle, are they doing so bad? It's a question. It's not an answer. I'm giving you a question, not an answer here. Now, did a gigantic multi-billion dollar company act in, in perpetuity to try to fast track a unsafe device into creation and public consumption because it helped their bottom line maybe or maybe we don't party hard enough it's one of the two that's for that's for you to decide that was the news portion hey aren't you all glad that there's a news portion what a podcast first question How to keep pursuing your dreams while living in toxic SoCal? Asking for, the number four, a friend. This is a tough question because it's going to require me to be a little stern and maybe a little challenging, but we need to be challenged. In our lives, I feel like a lot of the times we are not challenged enough. We live in kind of a hermetically sealed sort of existence where the only time we're challenged are by people who have more power than us and that imbalanced power dynamic causes us to have a skewed version of what the advice that we're getting actually is, right? So as an equal, as a peer, you and me are peers. Everyone involved in the show, we're, we're all peers, right? Do you think that toxic SoCal is what is making pursuing your dreams difficult? Or is it you? Now, I'm posing a question. I'm not giving an answer here. I'm posing a question. Maybe Southern California, one of the most industrious parts of the entire United States, uh, per capita, one of the biggest GDP outputs in the United States— uh, the home of probably, I would say one of the most dense concentrations of show business agents, managers, and talent in the United States is living there what is holding you back? Or is it you? Okay? Because in the in the situation you've posed, there's two things. One is a, uh, is an area, Which could be considered a juggernaut of industry. And the other one is the other person involved is you. And am I going to blame that area, which is a juggernaut of industry, on your difficulties in uh, pursuing your dreams? Or is it you? These are the questions. Would you be better off pursuing your dreams in, let's say, Wichita? I don't necessarily think so. I don't necessarily think so. That doesn't mean that the answer is maybe you, maybe if you moved to Wichita today, you would be the most famous person in the world by the next calendar, January. It's possible. I personally don't think so. I think where we live plays a role in pursuing our dreams to the degree with which where we live gives us access to those dreams. And because of the internet, I think that many places give us a lot of access to our dreams. Now, if you were asking, does holding my incredibly intensive job stop me from pursuing my dreams? I would say, yeah, probably, probably has a bad effect. You probably should figure that out. But is it? Southern California? I don't know. Maybe it is toxic here. I'm willing to to say that. I don't, you know, every place has its pros and cons. Maybe you don't like the beach. Maybe the beach is toxic to you. But very possible that there's some other things at play here. Great question. Next question, how to get rid of scam callers. The boring answer would be to block them on your phones. Oh, who cares? No, that's not that's not how you get rid of them. Because there's going to be... Listen, scam callers are like anything. They're going to develop ways of... Uh, it's like it's like uh, an arms race. They're going to find a way into your home. They're going to start calling you through your rice cooker. Right? They're going to start calling you through your refrigerator they're going to get through scam caller is very ingenious so i would next time you get a scam call answer it i I actually don't think that's good advice but it's a show it's a comedy show it's a podcast answer the call pick up the phone answer the call and go hello and they will go social security number please and you go whoa 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 you're gonna you're gonna just you're gonna just make love to me without whining and dining tell me about your day get into a deep abiding loving relationship and i mean literal love i mean you you enter a romantic partnership with the scam caller Get to know them, go to dinner a few times, get to know their laptop, you know what I mean? And then what you're gonna do, this is great advice, by the way. What you're gonna do is you are going to go on their laptop when they're asleep, see if you can find some sort of a central database that they use and try to try to, uh, try to to hack it. Because, oh, by the way, this whole time you've been learning how to hack also. So you're gonna hack the mainframe, which is a big part of hacking, is finding the mainframe. And you're going to take your call, your number off of all of the call sheets. And that's how you're going to get rid of the scam caller. It's going to involve you having one to two children. Okay. It's going to involve you really uh, falling in love with this person. It's going to involve you to maybe, you know, have to do some things in bed that you're not proud of. But that is the price you pay to not get a call when you don't want it. That's a great question. Next one. How can I make friends as an adult? I can't keep referring to my cats as my friends. How do you keep, How do? You, I mean, this is a huge question. I get this question so often because I think we live in a very disconnected society. I think social media, media in general has really brought us all apart. And people have trouble finding friendships as an adult. And I do have an answer for this. I have an answer that works. So you think, since you have no friends in your life, the way to get more friends is to make friends. That's small-minded thinking. That's the thinking of, and I'm sorry to say this, a a person who is not achieving the multi-billion dollar grind set that we all need to strive for, right? What you wanna do is you want to make enemies. Listen, listen. Some of you tuned out. I don't care about you. I care about the winners in this group whose ears perked up and said, what do you mean, Dan? You need to make enemies. What's the old saying? An enemy of my enemy is my friend. So when people try to go after friends by getting friends, a lot of the times they come up short. They come up short. Why do they come up short? They come up short because they're going after the wrong thing. The the people that you're approaching to try to be their friends are are looking at you and going, "Well, who do you who do you hate that I hate? Who do you disdain that I disdain?" And if that is what's happening, they're not going to be connected to you. They're not going to trust you. They're not going to like you, right? You need you need this. You need to start making enemies. I would pick someone uh, in the office, let's say, if that's where you are. I would pick someone in the office that uh, that already kind of has it coming to them. Maybe somebody who eats a uh, a stinky lunch. Find the stinky lunch person. There's one of those. There's a stinky lunch person everywhere, right? Find the stinky lunch person. You don't even need to really explain yourself to them. They'll probably know. They'll know that it's, it's coming to you, right? So... You go up to the stinky lunch person and you say, it's on. They'll go, what? And you'll go, it's on. They'll go, and while, while they're saying what, uh, you punch yourself in the face. This is a very useful, very powerful intimidation tactic that I would suggest you use. You punch yourself pretty hard in the face. They'll go what the heck? Because they're the kind of person that would go, what the heck? So they're like, what the heck? What in the Sam hell was that? You walk away. You immediately go to the desk of the coolest guy in the office. You know, the cool guy in the office. He's got a hoop at his desk. He's got a hoop that he throws a little ball into. He's he's having, having sex with two women in the office that, you know, rightfully, you don't really need to be uh, that cool to do. But he drives a Dodge Charger. He, he keeps his blazer unbuttoned. He works hard, but he plays hard. That's what he always says to you. He always goes, hey, you know what? Something, I work hard, but I also, get this, play hard. You go right up to him. You march up to him and you say, hey, I I started things with Stinky Lunch Guy. You, need, you can be with me or you can be against me. And when he takes even a second pause to try to understand what you're saying, you punch yourself in the face again. Boom. Two punches to the face. That's all it's going to take. Maybe a third down the line. Well, let's see where this very well thought out plan I have goes. He goes, that's awesome. He goes, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. You're my new friend. And you go, that is correct. Both things you just said are correct. That was awesome. And... You are also my best friend. You and that guy go skipping off into the sunset. You made a friend. Thank you. That was a, that was a great question. We got a crash question in the chat here. Hey, new fan from London. Thank you so much. Have you ever been to the UK? I was in the UK. I went to a concert. I saw Titus Andronicus. I think that's how you pronounce it. I went with my German friend who is very into them. I had a good time in London. I liked the breakfast. I like how everyone is a little angry all the time, all every day. And they'll laugh, but they'll laugh in a way that's usually mocking. I like a place that that sort of oscillates between being straight up angry and laughing but at others' pain. That was my experience in the UK. Welcome on board. Next question How can I be promiscuous yet private? What a question. I live in the middle of nowhere. And don't trust apps. Why would you trust apps? Apps are scary. Apps are dangerous. We don't know what we're going to get from apps, right? How can you be promiscuous yet private? So you're trying to you're trying to bang. That's what I'm, the whole and half of this, and I'm sorry to be a bit, uh, I'm sorry to be a bit out there for our, you know, many, many young listeners. I'm just kidding. No young people follow me, which is very nice. I, uh, I enjoy it that way. I want to keep it that way. You're trying to bang in the middle of nowhere. What a romantic situation. Banging in, in like, sort of, I don't know, rural Nashua. There's nothing like that. That's great. But you don't trust the apps. Here's what you do. You get creative. That's what we have to do these days if we don't want to utilize the internet. We have to get creative. Okay? So... You don't wanna, you don't wanna uh, use the apps. Here's what you do: put a get a horse. There's you're gonna be able to find a horse somewhere. Okay, get a horse. Get a paper bag. Put two holes in the paper bag because we want to be promiscuous yet private strip completely nude make sure there's a saddle on the horse because i feel like being completely nude on a horse with no saddle is is like maybe a mild form of animal abuse i don't know if the horse would mind it but i would mind it if you did that okay so so make sure there's a saddle on the horse put the paper bag on your head nobody knows who you are ride through town i'm i'm you're saying you live in the middle of nowhere so i I assume that there's going to be one central general store there so that's really all you have to focus on. You only there's a very small area of ground to cover here. Paper bag on the head, naked on the horse, riding through town. Okay. Whenever you see a, uh, whenever you see a man who is of breeding age and breeding stature, you you wave at him like this, and you go, yoo-hoo. Okay, that's the. You're gonna say it in a higher pitched tone than I say it, but you're gonna say yoo-hoo. You're gonna go. It's sort of of like a yoo-hoo, something like that. You go yoo-hoo. They're going to turn. They're going to turn, and they're going to be a little surprised. They're going to see a nude woman on a horse. And you're going to hand them a card because you made business cards. I didn't mention the business cards. You made business cards that say if if you would like to have – if you would like to – Uh, make love with me under the stars meet me down at the old hauler and he's gonna go well what in the Sam hell but that's okay because you got his attention then it's just a matter of camping out at the old hauler and waiting for a suitable waiting for a suitable sort of uh, bachelor to step in that's all it takes that's all it takes it's a great question but can we admit? Pretty great answer. And thank you everyone for throwing likes in the chat. I do appreciate that. If you like the video, it helps a lot. Next question. How do I hit on the cute trainer at my gym? Oh, God, I hate this question. And I don't know if a man or a woman asked, and I don't really care. I don't like this question. I, I'm a personal trainer. Right. And this I this is probably I am I'm so sorry, something I actually will give a real answer for. If you have the desire to hit on your trainer and everybody, everybody, you know, there's like there's whatever. If you think your trainer's attractive, that's one thing. Right. That's fine if you but if you want to hit like if if you're messaging me being like i have a plan i want to get another trainer and i'm sorry for all the i'm sorry for all the sexy trainers out there but it's just not a healthy thing and again there's a difference between thinking your trainers attractive which you know that's a, a lot of trainers are attractive they work out all day they fit the mold of standard good looks but if you're trying to come up with a plan to hit on your trainer or to ask them out, first step, if you want to ask your trainer out, first step, drop them as your trainer. You don't want things getting confusing like that. All right? You don't want to... You just you just don't want to get involved in that. Also, if your trainer's doing a good job, do you want to lose that? Is it worth it? Let's say you start banging your trainer. Your trainer will, will kind of want to stop training you as much because that's a professional uh, or that it's a professional function. But now that you're, you're fraternizing personally, he's going to want to stop training you. You're, maybe that that core of yours is going to loosen up. Maybe those haunches are going to get less, uh, less bulbous. And I use bulbous haunches in a good light here, just, just to be clear. Then he's going to find another person to train. Isn't that sad? If you want to hit on your trainer at the gym first step, don't be trained. Get a, get a different trainer. Get a different trainer. It's not as bad as a therapist, but it's not nothing. It's not nothing. Oh, this is a longer question. Someone emailed me. If you ever want to email a question, email me at dancerspodcast at gmail.com. All one word, dancerspodcast, and then at gmail.com. Hi. Hi. My five-year-old son in kindergarten. Good for—well, uh, so when I was five, I was in college. So it's going to be hard to relate to this young man, but I'm going to try. My five-year-old son in kindergarten. Tell him to speed up. You know what I mean? I'm kidding was shouting at other kids in his class, and now we need to go to therapy for anger management according to his school principal. What has this world come to? He's never hit them. (laughs) What a mom. You are such a mom. You are such a He's never hit them. He's never hit them. My perfect angel being sent to anger management, he's never hit them. I'm not siding with the teachers. I'm not completely because you're his mom. That's your perfect angel. And I understand that. I never went to anger management as a kid. I did have a series of emotional, uh, let's say, unbalances that caused me to be put in special education classes. I've had my number of outbursts in class. I've had my number of trips to the school psychologist. We were lucky enough to have – I mean, he wasn't there all the time. He wasn't like a, a professional middle school psychologist. They might have just hired him when they needed the big guns, which for me, hey, not to brag, but they needed the big guns. Um, Kids shouting – well, I, I don't really have the details, so that's unfortunate. If it was like a one-off incident, I mean, yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, a kid is a kid, five years old. You're going to be shouting. I mean, boy, when I was five years old, I don't remember a single thing I did other than shout. I shouted and I napped and I ate the poison that my parents fed me in the form of uh, Friendlies. Do you remember Friendlies? It might just be an East Coast thing, but Friendlies is a an ice cream chain where they would serve soda uh, in containers this big, like uh, like a liter. You would drink a liter of soda there. You would drink a full liter of soda. I'm kind of not even kidding. I think it might have been that big of soda, and uh, then I would scream. And some people might think those two things are connected. No, I, I don't know. You know, I have no idea. But I, I think yeah, if your 5-year-old son is yelling, I don't think they necessarily need anger management, but I don't know the, the degree to which your child is yelling. Is he is he just shouting like, "Hey, can I get a colored pencil?" or is he recite or is he like speaking tongues, you know? What does anger management look like for a 5-year-old? They sit down, and you're like hey, you need a cigarette. <laughs> I just imagine five year olds sitting down smoking, being like, "God, my my wife! <laughs> oh my, my freaking wife!" That's all anger management is to me is just sitting down and talking about your wife. No, I I don't know what you do in that situation. I think it is it's a It's a terrible situation to be in as a mother because I think you clearly feel like your kid does not need anger management. I think anger management is a pretty big step. And I think that when it comes to things with children, so this is something I have a very personal attachment to. I don't want to sound—I'll try to be as balanced as possible here. I think therapy and all that stuff is great. I think if you're pulling a kid out of class to do it, which is what happened to me, they would pull me out of regular classes and take me to the school therapist. There needs to be some account like and they did it kind of willy nilly like they did it kind of they were just like, oh, well, he's disturbed. So let's take him to a therapist. There wasn't really any uh, anything said or taken account of of like, oh, the other kids are going to think this is weird and maybe pick on him for it. They just don't they just don't care about that. I think they're just like, this is a problem, let's do everything we can to solve it. It's maybe not even the most misdirected intention, but it did leave me getting pulled out of class a lot. And it did leave me in a weird position as a kid. So I would say, yeah, I don't think that therapy is 100% the solution to this. But hey, maybe maybe the kid is like... uh Maybe the kid would benefit from it. I don't know. I'm not a child psychologist, but I do think it's pretty normal for a five-year-old to shout. So, yeah. And I think that school principals aren't necessarily the most trained, intelligent people in the world. Some of them are. Oh, some of them are. Before the principals start coming after me. Some of them are. Some of them aren't. Some are bad. One of my school principals, and I won't say in elementary school or high school, the only thing I remember from them was not their leadership. It was that they had a cheating scandal in the middle of uh, one of the school years, which is awesome. Which, so funny. So funny. But yeah, I don't think that necessarily a, uh, a kid should be going. Have, have you maybe tried... Have you ever tried like with your kid just you know, sitting them down and looking them in the eye and going, stop, stop being angry. Maybe that would work. Have has anyone ever tried that? That couldn't that could never go wrong. How about you sit them down? Have you ever tried it? Have you tried it? Answer me. Probably not. Probably not. No, but I, I do think five is kind of young to send somebody to anger management just for shouting. That's my opinion on that. It's a great question. Thank you all so much for asking the questions. Uh, I do this podcast sort of whenever I feel like it. Uh, I know that's not the best thing for the algorithm, but let me tell you something. It's the best thing for me. Uh, And you can watch it after I post it on YouTube. Uh, That's the best one. I'm really trying to, because YouTube pays money. I'm trying to get people over there. So if you could subscribe to my YouTube, I would really appreciate it. If you'd like on there, I really appreciate it. But just watching is awesome, and thank you for doing that. I'm going to be headlining Mike Drop Comedy in San Diego on March 8th, so you can get your tickets on their website, Mike Drop Comedy in San Diego. All the details are on there. Um, I'm bringing down two of my friends, Dylan Sabiza and Andy Eisen, and they're both very funny, and it's going to be a great show. So get your tickets. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the questions. If you want to ask a question, you can just DM me on whatever platform, and uh, maybe I'll get to it. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a good one.